Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. Wow, today is a rock star day, literally. You guys know how I love to interview people that are in the music entertainment industry. And I have such a special guest on today. You're just gonna like love it when I tell you who it is. Have you ever heard of Mice and Men? Well, this person, wow, lead singer, Austin Carlisle. I wanna tell you a little bit more about him. He's a musician who founded the American rock metal band of Mice and Men. Countless undiagnosed medical issues paired with dozens of surgeries since childhood forced him to step down as frontman in 2016. And after a series of life-threatening complications, which arose from his battle with Marfan syndrome, he went from singing in arenas worldwide to singing along with his six-year-old and newborn daughter. Losing his mother to their shared chronic illness led him into the spotlight, addictions, self-harm, and depression. Through those very things, God led him into a relationship with Jesus Christ, healing, and his wife, who he met during a hospital stay at Sanford University, wearing a blue gown. The two have been together ever since. Austin, yay, I'm so happy you are here. We are so honored to interview on Pink Chair. And I know it's kind of weird, you know, it's pink and everything, but hey, we love to bring a man into the living room here and bring in some masculinity. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing a salmon and white shirt. I know. I saw that. I saw those flamingos and I was like, noted. He is saying hello to pink, pink chair, pink flamingos. And you know, there's a pink, there's a flamingo avenue in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that you were was our say original hotel. Void. No. I love the band, but no, not Pink Floyd. So how are you today? I am awesome. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm just so thrilled you're here. And I know I had this long list of questions, but I just want to ask you, because I'm always asking this to people that are especially talented like you, that are, you know, musical or have artistry in their background, what made you get into the music business? What drew you in? No other option. <laughs> I, um, I was supposed to play baseball in college and that was something that I really was excited um, to do. And when I was 17, my, my mother passed away uh, from an aortic aneurysm and they didn't know that she had something called Marfan syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder. And it was after the fact that they found out she had it. And um, it's a genetic disorder. So they assumed and then looked at my health history. And um, they said that you very possibly have it. Later, a few years later, I did the DNA test, but um, I couldn't play ball anymore uh, with the risk factor. So not being able to do that paired with losing my mom very abruptly. She was 38. Um, she was healthy. 
Um, I was a mama's boy and it, uh, doing that, I, I, I literally from, from her hospital, I, as soon as they, they told me that she was, she had passed, I ran out the, the front doors and I said my first curse word at 17. Um, but I said it to God and, um, I used the F word, God, God, uh, and, um, it uh, pushed me into things that I had never done before. I knew were all bad things. And uh, music became an outlet for me to A, not go to prison or get into a lot of trouble like my friends were doing um, because of the crowd that I ran with. And it became a little lowercase g god to me. And so I was able to pour all of those emotions into music uh, instead of, you know, violence or the different things that I was a part of. I wanted to ask you a question about your baseball curiosity and being part of that when you were younger. Did the doctor say you just, hey, look, you can't play baseball, Austin, sorry. Is there a reason behind that? Now, we know it's a connective tissue disorder, and and you know this from what I've shared with you before, that my sister had it. I remember her doctors telling her, you're jogging, you're roller skating, you need to slow down. Even though, Austin, they did not know she had Marfan syndrome. She had an aortic valve, um, mitral valve prolapse. That's what they told her, that she had a mitral valve prolapse. So is your heart challenged when you do sports if you have Marfan's? Yeah, um, <clears throat> the challenge of, you know, your, your heart and uh, many people with Marfan syndrome, just to, to know it shows differently in everyone across the spectrum. Um, the heart, the eyes, the back and the legs are the main um, things that we kind of have in common. And most people with Marfan's, they have healthy hearts, perfectly healthy hearts. Um, it's the valves around them and the uh, aortic uh, aortic valve uh, that goes from here and it goes up and all the way. It's the biggest, biggest uh, in, in your body. Yeah. And, and the risk is it so much of it, you know, pumping really fast. Um, it's the, the risk of any kind of impact um, on your chest or on your ribs can, uh, can set off uh, an aneurysm or, or, uh, any kind of thing that is bad for your heart. Um, for the longest time, I'm still not al allowed to ride roller coasters. Um, there's a lot of things like that, like with the, the pressure. So the doctors, that was one of the first, you know, first things for me. But there's many doctors that will clear people with Marfan syndrome for one thing and others not for another. Um, there's a, a person in the Marfan community. He was the first round draft pick for the NBA coming out of college. And he found out for the, 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 what they do beforehand for the NBA that he had Marfans and the NBA wouldn't let him join. Um, and years later, um, it's actually my doctor. We have the same one. Uh, he cleared him to go play basketball professionally in China. And he got some slack for that, the doctor and Isaiah. But my, the doc, my doctor said, it's, it's your life. 
And if that's something that truly makes you happy, then, you know, you go for it. Um, so, and I think the not being able to do baseball was a good excuse for me to not do college. Um, Cause at that point I was just over it in general. So when your mom passed away, I mean, that ought that honestly probably just struck your heart so deeply. You said you were mama's boy. Um, do you feel, I mean, you said you're mad at God. You said, you know, F God, that that part of your drive to start doing music and become successful, was it to make your mom proud or was it to make, I don't know, get even with God maybe? Or what was going through your mind and heart at that time? I had, I had many outlets um, when it comes to getting even with God. I was born in a Christian, born and raised in a Christian household. And um, I was a good kid besides, you know, acting up at school here and there. Um, but uh, my, my parents had divorced when I was 14 or 15. Um, and so it was just my mom and I, and um, she was a beautiful spirit filled woman. And I, I was confused and upset as why, why would God take someone like this? You know, she loved you and served you her whole life. Like, how are you going to do that? You can't possibly love me, love her, if that's the kind of God you are in my head. Um, and so, so my, all of my actions from, from virginity to drugs to, to stealing um, was all because I wanted to do everything that I knew was wrong because I, I wanted God to hate me as much as I hated him. And I wanted, I wanted to um, basically just live out what the, you know, the fingers I threw in the air that night towards him. And the band was like kind of a personal way for me to, you know, save, save my own life. Um, and I got to forget about God as much because I got to pour everything into the, the music. Um, and, and I did it more for me. Um, you know, I, one of our, the band's first songs from our first record, um, it just went gold you know, six months ago, six months ago, six months ago. Um, and it's called Second and Sebring, which is the street corners where we lived. And the song, I have the lyrics that literally say, um, so this time I'll make you proud. I hope you smile when you look down on me. And I meant that and I wanted her to be proud of me, but I wasn't living the lifestyle that um, she would be proud of. I'm going to tell you something. When you just said that about that song, I literally saw, even though I've never met your mom, I've seen a picture of her, uh, her looking down, you know, it says in Hebrews, a cloud of witnesses that she is probably really proud of you right now. Um, and I know you've been through a lot. And so can you tell us what led you to that, that space where you were like, okay, I'm going to surrender the drugs, the alcohol, whatever you were doing, the lifestyle, because obviously of mice and men is and was very successful. And you were living 
that rock star life that people only dream about. Tell me how that happened. It happened, my surrender came and uh, my resisting came after 11 years of fighting and resisting someone that I knew I couldn't resist. And the fact that he could persist or just stay exactly, you know, where he is. And no matter what, I was drawn to him. And that's what I was running from because I was, I was scared to give all those things over. And I was scared to put my faith and trust in him because my mom had done the same and look what happened. Um, now I see so many years later, yeah, now I see so many years later, it's her passing led to a ripple effect of the song, the band, that, and now, you know, people, kids still all over the world, that's one of their favorite songs, and that's a seed that I can connect with someone with, and it speaks, speaks to someone. And I know that my mom was perfectly fine. Who am I to say I'm selfish and I miss her? And she's, God used her for his, his greater plan. But my surrender came um, after I had uh, been going through therapy and, and massive withdrawals from uh, opioids, which is uh, very easy to get your hands on. What kind of legally. opioids were you doing? Oxycontin. That, that's um, what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically step under heroin. Oh, um, yeah. It was, and, I mean, I used to take it to Disneyland and uh, chew the tablets and get on the roller coasters. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I had um, six years of um, using it straight, and the last three years were using it as a drug instead of as prescribed. And I was... Um, trying to i wanted to i wanted to pursue god and i wanted to you know clean my life up before i came to him and um you know i had stopped drinking and um, the opioids were next and was literally going through withdrawals while we while we were recording the last album um so shaking and throwing up all night and waking up and recording vocals um but it was it was the the point I got to that point of surrender when I I I knew I I couldn't do it I couldn't do I couldn't even I couldn't even surrender to God without God I couldn't even give up all of those things without God and I and I finally came to the realization that God wants me as I am and nothing is going to get cleaned up for 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 the long run until he's in my life with me cleaning it up and i uh overlooking a cemetery in new jersey that's where our apartment was while we were recording i was writing and um, i couldn't write i couldn't write anything besides what god was doing in my heart and so i you know this topic would be here and all i wanted to write about was was jesus and i couldn't um, find a line of how to do that and navigate that and so I just, um, I put the pen down and I literally said, God, I can't. I said, no more me. I want to give you my life, my heart, my eyes, my feet, my talents, and I want you to use them as you need. I'm done fighting you and I'm so sorry that I've been fighting you. 
And um, that's when I was, I was born again. And in my head, I was like, okay, well, now I have the platform of mice and men and, and I'm, uh, I'm born again. So I'm going to use the mice and men and, and use that to, to witness to everyone. And God said, nope, I have other plans. And three, three or four months after I gave my life to him, um, I uh, had more, uh, they're called CSF leaks, where you have tears in your spine and your spinal fluid leaks out. And I had had like four, three or three or four. And on one tour, um, I got three all at the same time. So we had to quit the tour early. And I flew to Stanford and they told me, um, you can't keep doing this, Austin. I've had the same team for 11 years. And they said, you're going to seriously hurt yourself or be paralyzed somewhere. And I said, okay, okay, God, like, uh, that's not what you had for me. And so I, I uh, left the band and that was in 2017. So you you went to Stanford and there's something else that happened after that surrender. How much longer was it before you met that miracle that's in your life right now? Oh, wow. Yeah, my best friend, Johnny. No, my wife. Um, it, after I left the band, I wanted to go far away, not be with anyone. I just wanted to pursue Jesus. And I was single for two years, which is a record for me, uh, whether it be sleeping around or dating. And I just, I loved Jesus and I fell in love with him. And I went to Costa Rica to the jungle. Um, my dad lives down there and I went and I was just alone for the first six months of that, no TV, no internet, nothing. And I had gone back to the States uh, to do a couple speaking engagements and to uh, go to Stanford again. So I went to Stanford, left more speaking engagements. And then the day before I flew back to Costa Rica, um, I was speaking in San Diego and I was having some kind of allergic reaction. My eyes were filling up with fluid, my ribs. And my doctor said, don't fly to Costa Rica. I'm getting you a ticket to Stanford. And I flew there. And two days later, um, I was just like the biography. I was wearing a blue dress practically standing out by the fountain and here comes a mix of Aaliyah, Lisa Left Eye Lopez, all, all my Pocahontas, Jasmine, all combined and in normal clothes. And um, she, her specialist had been there. She'd been going there for four years, three years, and we never met each other. And I met her and it was instantaneous. Um, I knew. And then she came back the next day and I told God myself, I was like, I'm going to marry this woman. I just knew. And um, I had to go back to the jungle for a few months. And uh, it's so crazy. The right when I got home uh, in Costa Rica, I found out I had a job offer in Las Vegas to work as a youth specialist. So I took it and it was a little bit closer to her. And wow. Yeah. She ended up moving there and we got married and lived in we got married and lived in one room together for a while and then COVID. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember watching her and you on Instagram. I don't know how I learned about it, but I was watching romance unfold and it was like, oh my gosh, this feels like 
I'm watching a fairy tale. And when you guys, I mean, literally got married and I was just so happy for you both. And then God did another miracle and you both got pregnant. <laughs> and this year had this gorgeous little princess. Not that you don't already have another gorgeous princess, Mrs. Love, right? Um, and you had a baby, Lily Koi, mm. which means? Passionate, creative, loving. Wow. Yeah. So that is a picture of you and your wife. And if you guys don't know who she is, she literally painted that painting behind him. She's both of them, obviously, super talented. Didn't she just start painting about two or three years ago or something? She started painting when she found out she had a brain tumor. Um, so we're, we're less like a fairy tale, more like kind of fault in our stars. Um, but that's <laughs> how sure. I met her at Stanford. And, oh, that's um, so, so good. She's, she started painting um, just around the time love was born and the cancer. And so it's been, you know, it's been a while now, four or five years. And she, uh, she's the fact that with our health stuff, the things that we can relate to that no one else understands, um, facing, is, facing your, your mortality, Austin, right? Both of you. It's like, okay, I've got this much time. What am I going to do now in case this goes wrong? Right? Yeah. And, and, and the artistry and how we connect on that, um, you know, painting and music are different, but when you write and you paint, it's, she goes through the same issues that I, I, I do. I've done my whole life. And it's so, it's so funny to hear, Oh, I hate this painting and that painting and this painting and these aren't done. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same way. I have a hundred songs and they all suck and they're not done. Um, and, and then with, with Lily Koi, I, I, I thought I was never going to even have kids because with Marfan syndrome, there's a 50, 50 chance that you pass it on, um, to your, to your children. And I never wanted to have kids. And so for her and I, that was like, well, let's wait till, you know, I can get $400,000 to do the DNA thing they do to find the one without oh, Marfan. Wow, it's that much. The fertility, well, it's, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's a lot. Um, yeah. And so that was kind of just off the table for us for a while. And same with her giving birth, um, with her brain tumor and during COVID during the lockdowns found out she was pregnant. Um, and we had Lily Koi and, and, um, she is so healthy and so chunky and, Mari is obviously still here after the giving birth. And it's like God, God put us through so much pain and so many hardships. And half of those things we put, we, it was because of our own actions and our own sin. And we had to just deal with them. Um, because, but God was making her into the woman that I needed. And that was a godly woman. And, and same with me, you know, I'm never going to please her fully ever. 
she's never going to fully please me, but as long as she's pursuing Christ and as long as I'm being the godly man, at least attempting to the point where I need to be, then we can truly walk together and having her and knowing that. And as we do that and with our daughters, it's just been going from, you know, a rock star and all those things that come with it to this is just incredible to me because I never in a million years thought, all right, here I am in this house full of paintings with my daughter in the other room and singing with them and holding, you know, my baby going, eh, wanting to come to me. And I, it's harder than music. It's way more rock and roll than being a rock star. And uh, it brings me so much joy to see that God had all three of my girls selected for me before I, I had any idea that I wanted to even come to God because he drew me to himself and he drew Mari to himself and then through, through doing that to each other. And um, just because uh, we have each other doesn't mean that we can't still allow ourselves to be drawn to God every day because that's what he desires. So that's it's so just, beautiful. I mean, just you sharing your story was total artistry, by the way. It's just the way you speak and you're just full of love. And like when you were in the studio last year with your wife, uh, I remember this so clearly, the peace and the, the joy and the love and the grace and the mercy of Christ was in this room so strong with both of you together. I, I can't imagine what it's like having your whole family like that together, you know, staying with each other and pursuing Jesus. Last question, actually last two. You can say yes or no. Are you writing your life story? Working on it? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, we will look forward to that. What is a way people can get in touch with you? And by the way, everyone, this man has a fantastic I Am Second. Go to I Am Second, check it out. His story's on there. He tells a story. It's just wonderful the way he shares. It's different than what he shared today completely. And what are your social media handles or your website that we can connect people with with you? Um, my first and last name, and that's it, just Austin Carlisle. Okay. Yeah. On Instagram too, right? Mm -hmm. Instagram. And on is, Twitter? Um, I, yeah, my Twitter, I haven't used it in ages because it's kind of a, eh. a small. You know how Twitter is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I already know. Trust me. I can barely say anything on there lately and everyone's coming against me. But Facebook, yeah. are you on Facebook too? Uh, I'm on Facebook, but they're not really me. So yeah. Instagram is... Oh, is, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of fake Facebooks, but uh, Instagram is where I'm, where it's actually me and, and uh, that I do stuff on there. And then I have a Patreon as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and it's a smaller, smaller group of us, um, but I, they're writing a song with me together. Um, and we're, we're working on, uh, actually two now, but, um, songs together and I get to, uh, share, uh, a bunch of new demos and ideas that I've been working on musically with them there. And we do, uh, live streams all the time. And, uh, so how we, do they uh, connect with you on Patreon? Um, it's patreon.com slash Austin Carlisle. Okay, cool. We'll check it yeah. out. You guys go to his Patreon, support him. We know that it's a supporting uh, social media site that it shows incredible talent and preview only for people that are members. Am I right, Austin, right? right. 
Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. The stripers on there too. <laughs> so you know what, dude? I am so sorry. I gotta cut it short. You're gonna have to come on again. Give your wife a big hug for me and the babies. And we love you. And we're praying for you. And we're just so thankful for your life, Austin. Thank Praise you God. for coming on today. Thank you. Annie.